Now, Tom, what I want to ask you about, I was thinking about this. As I said to you previously, when Triple M were all excited to sign up Mark Taylor, I thought, yeah, he's a good line in length. I've seen him for years on Channel 9. He's very professional, very polished, and he's got great opinions. But I didn't know that you were one of the great entertainers that were obviously just playing the TV role beautifully. <laughs> I used to love watching you on Channel 9, and those blokes are my heroes growing up, listening to all you blokes, and then Richie and Bill and Tony. What was it like when you first stepped into that entry oh. box? Oh, I was a... Oh, I was a I couldn't know what's the right word. I was going to say confronting. It wasn't confronting, but it was um, almost like you're on debut in a, in a test oh, match team. So how, how long out of the game were you when you first went in? First season. First season. First season. Straight I, into a test match? Yeah, pretty well. Did I you did roll it. out some mercantile mutuals first, or what happened? <laughs> Just a couple. Right. Yeah, well, I, I finished playing in January of 99. Yeah. Um, signed up with Channel 9. You had, to, you had to do that through Kerry first. So you had to go and have lunch with Kerry. And had a good couple, bit of a Barney with him. And did he sort of give you a view of what he wanted you to provide? Not or? really. Right. I, I was waiting for that, but no, all he got because my opinions on the game and what have you. And then he said, well, um, and then we shook hands and he said, well, maybe we could you know, we might sort something out. And, oh, so that was a trial yeah, run, a bit yeah, of an interview. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So you got the tick from him. Yeah, I got the tick. So then it was Gary Burns was the, the yep. old head of sport. He, he then sort of said to me, oh, mate, you're right. You know, so we'll get down to the contract. Got that sorted. Then there was the World Cup. I think Australia played the World Cup, 1999 World Cup. Oh, yes. Um, so did a couple of games from a studio with on that. and then oh, so that was in England, which they yeah, went on and win. Yeah, they, yeah, they went on and win. I was over there for the final of that. Um, and then the following season, I'm in the commentary box, you know. So for yeah, the first test? Yeah, for there. Yeah, and then, well, for the first Mercantile Mutual, North right. Sydney Oval, you sort of, you go in there to start with, and then... Yeah, then, then I'm up at the Gabba for the first test. Do you remember who the summer was? Who was out there in your first summer? No, it was, it was Pakistan. It was when, because um, Gilly, remember Gilly got that big 140 oh, yes. at Hobart? Oh, with, with JL. Lang, with Lang, yeah. That was that was about my second or third test, I think, as a commentator. So do you roll in there nervous on the first day? Like, this is Bill, this is Richie, this is Tony. Yeah. And, and then Tubby. And it, that was the first bit. And then the second thing, I'm, I'm thinking, well, what do you do? You know, like, <laughs> well, what what really actually happens? You know, so then you get this roster. And Heels and I, Heels and I sort of joined together. You get your half hours, and we only got, like, one half hour every session. That's all we got. <laughs> Not too many first up. So the roster is interesting because the young up-and-comers, you want as much air time as possible. Mm. And then the senior ones are happy to rest on their laurels. They maybe don't want so much. So it's always a point of contention. But then there's those in the box that want constant air time as well. So Yeah, well, see, it was a little bit different in those days. Was it? This was the first time that the model had been, or not broken, had been tested. You, know, you had the big four, Richie, Tony, Bill and Ian. Right, so income, they were used to that. Income, heels and I, and all of a sudden it was like, well, how many slots do we give them? So it was only one slot per session. Eventually one slot per session became you know, two in one Ooh. session. And that's when Greggy, Greggy was very protective. He would just walk in, see the roster on the wall yeah. and go, no, 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 that's not happening. And cross, cross your name out. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that, that's going to be me there. So, oh, okay. Oh, look, I've got one less slot by the looks of it. So, and so as a former Australian captain, you didn't pipe up. You were just like, no worries. Oh, okay, fine. So, but yeah, it, I, I think it was a bit of show because it didn't last very long. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure one of the producers or head of sport said, no, we're going to, you know, going to go this way. Yeah. So eventually, you get a few more slots, and then you actually get a bit of bit of on air time. Oh, in front a bit of, of hosting. Camera. Oh, yeah. And that's when you get a little bit tight in the loins and what have you, and you know. And then it was a few years later. I, um, uh, I think I, I called a hat trick. Um, Peter Siddle? No, Glenn McGrath. Oh, I've Glenn done, McGrath. I've done two. Good on I've you. I've called two hat tricks, and, and I was one about my first year of ball by ball commentary. 
And there I was, and McGrath's knocked over, um, he knocked over Lara, and I think maybe Sherwin Campbell, and I'm on this hat trick. And I called it, and he got Jimmy Adams out, caught it back bad, and I called it and as, as good as I thought I could. And then I thought, oh, that came out okay. And I said, McGrath's got a hat trick, blah, 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 and walked off. And then oh, half an hour later, Gary Burns, who said the, the head of sport at the Times, walks up and says, Tommy, said, that hat trick. I don't even think I'll have to get Bill to dub over that. <laughs> and walked off. So and that was his way of saying it was okay. You'd made the grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's how it's all started. But you just were slowly, slowly. It was all just learning on the job. That's all it was. We need to talk about Richie because he's such a fabled part of Australian sporting life and broadcasting life. So tell us, what was it like working with Richie? That, that, that's something to be treasured, oh, I guess. One of, one of the great pleasures is it? and, and honours of my commentary life was to get to know Richie Benno, play golf with him, commentate with him, watch him in action. Absolute gentleman of the game, but you know, not as straight-laced as everyone made out. Was he not? Oh, no, he loved a good time, loved a, as we... As Billy Birmingham, the 12th man, loved the Chardonnay, loved, you know, loved going out for dinner, um, loved the cricket, just watching it, calling it, uh, being at it, uh, loved his horse racing. He wasn't um, watching the game, he'd have his computer at the back of the commentary box. Yeah, so he'd have his computer at the back of the commentary box and he'd be checking all the horse racing around the world, have a bit of money here, a bit of Would money he? there, yeah, just to keep himself occupied during the day, but always kept an eye on the game. Um, Did he give you advice at all no, or not? No, he'd give you a look. Right. Occasionally, if you said something we thought was absolute rubbish, you'd sort of, sort of throw the, you know, roll the eyes back a bit, and I think, oh god, I'm talking absolute crap there. <laughs> and then, but occasionally he'd, he'd lift the eyebrows, lift to say, and I, I think, oh, maybe I've told Richie something he didn't think of, and then you get a little bit of a, you know, you put, put the shoulders back and sit up more in your chair, you know. Um, I love this. He never told you how to commentate. Um, he gave me one piece of advice, which he gave, and he's the same piece of advice he gave to Ian Chapel, apparently. Um, I was calling a game. I was calling Warney's 99 yep. in, at, um, at Ho- um, Perth. And Warney knocked, Daniel Vittori knocks one out the deep and um, Mark Richardson takes the catch. And I said something like, Warren goes for it looking for his 100, obviously. And I said, he goes for it. And Richardson's out there, takes the catch and Warren's out for 99. What a tragedy. And I'll leave it at that. I think that's not a bad call. Yeah. I look over at Richie, who's my co-commentator. He says absolutely nothing. Gives me nothing, mm. and I and then I got the producer in here saying, no, "Throw to a break, throw to a break." And I said, "Well, the are all out for four hundred and something, and we'll be back shortly." I thought, "Well, I wonder what happened to Richie. Like that was his job to pick up from my call and As throw to the break. You know, that's that was his job." Yeah. Um, no run outside of stumps. He waits until the next day. Walks up to me and says, "Mark, can I have a word?" Takes me into the green room or out the back, and just reaches into his jacket pocket, pulls out a note, and says. Do with this as you see fit. I'm thinking, oh, and in it, I open it up. It's like Mission Impossible. I'm waiting to think for burn, you know, in eight seconds. <laughs> and it says on it, um, tragedy. The top of it says tragedy. It said, the Titanic was a tragedy. Thousands dying in Ethiopia every day is a tragedy. Shane Warren getting 99 is not a tragedy. Oh, he... So I said, oh, okay, right, I'm never using that again. I'll put that word right out of it. It's not, not a tragedy because... It's obviously involves someone passing away. Yep. It's a tragedy. And Shane Warne didn't do that. I say to myself, never using that again. Well, one day it comes around, about three weeks later, a stupid Michael Bevan runs himself out for 99, doesn't he? Yes. And I'm on with Richie at the time. Yes. 
And I said, Bevan hits it, runs on, and throws it the stumps. Bevan's running out for 99. What a tragedy. <laughs> and it just comes out of my mouth, and I want the word back, you know. And Richie gives me the look. Hey, the look. And I'm thinking, is that the look of you didn't listen to me or you're just a slow, bloody learner? <laughs> Haven't used it since? No, tried not to. And yet amazing, every time I hear, and commentators yeah. use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think of Richie. Uh, if, he, if I ever hear the word tragedy, um, and the other part of the story is I, st- I told that story uh, at, at Richie's wake, and uh, Chaps walks right up to me and Chap said, "Oh, he gave you that. He gave me, <laughs> he gave me that card in 1983." <laughs> I just want to ask you a couple more questions about Channel Nine. <laughs> the Bill and Tony thing was yeah. it was it manufactured or was it real? That that beautiful on-air chemistry angst they had. I, most of the time just real occasionally Greggy would lean over in a boring game and say we better find something to do here (laughs) oh yes and you can just about bet that Tony would say something that you know would just get under Bill's nose about some Victorian you know he might say that you know that that Merv Hughes was a, was a, was a good little off, off spinner or something right. oh, oh off spinner you're joking one of the <laughs> finest fast bowls in the world and off he'd go you know so they were great like that those two but generally most of the time it was just it just happened they just called the game Bill, Bill was just loved the game he still does I bet he's probably keeping an eye on this one as we speak Bill um, always first man in the commentary box was he oh yeah yeah um, he would be, and he did very little in front of the camera stuff. So you know, it's like now how you yeah. with Fox, you come down here at three hours before the game, and you're rehearsing, looking at things, and getting a feel for what you're going to do. Absolutely, Bill would be the same, but he'd do nothing on camera. Right, he'd he just w- sit in the commentary box and look out. But it's amazing. I like to get here early-ish as well. I just I like to be here as well, just to see if anything happens, what's going on out there, who's who's hitting up, who's who's likely to bowl. So how have you found the transition to Triple M where the team generally arrive about a minute and a half before the first ball? <laughs> well, I just see them all come in, <laughs> count them in. I'm sure that Ewan will give me a job shortly, making sure everyone's here, you know. Um, no, it's good. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, sort of, It's a bit more relaxed than when yes. I first started uh, with yes. Channel 9. What a privilege, though, that... You know, you've done some amazing things as a cricketer, which is acknowledged, but the fact you can look back and say you've spent so many years in the box with Richie Benno, Bill Laurie, Tony Gregg, mm. Ian Chappell, you know, the pioneers at Channel 9 that, that still so many things, whether it's the stump cam or the style of commentary or the 12th man tapes that you were involved with intimately, it, it, a tremendous privilege. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you, and it just keeps your love of the game going. That's what it does. You know, Chaps and I, I've... I've become very, very good mates with Ian Chappell over the years. I've always knew him as when I played, but we started playing tennis together. Chaps and I still chat regularly now. We disagree on things, don't, don't get yep. me wrong, but it's always good debate. Sometimes they go to two or three in the morning. I, well, I used to, <laughs> when we were a bit younger. 